strong body, strong soul. You have both of those things, regardless of what you call them. That's why this show is here, to remind you of how strong you are, regardless of the challenges in life. Sometimes the show is funny, and sometimes it's profound. Hmm. What are we talking about today? Come along for the journey. Unbelievable, but true. We are experiencing a horrible time in life, in humanity, all of it. In my area, we have been under a stay-at-home order for a month now. Wow. This podcast is about energy. It's about reality. It's about authenticity. It's about the full range of life highs and lows of life. And I would describe this one as a low point right here. But it is truly, I'm feeling like it's so my responsibility to help be a steward of information for you guys. I really appreciate you for trusting me with some of your time and pushing this play button here. This is season three of the show. This is episode number six right now. And it is an interview with a fantastic therapist in my area. And we are going to be talking for about 30 minutes here. It's about the quarantine. It's about stress. And yes, it's true. Don't get me wrong. You can get therapy services virtually. It's safe. It's confidential. That is one of the things that we're going to be talking about in this interview with Lori Oberman. She's been on the show before, and I'm so excited to share her voice again. We are not sharing the same room this time. Before we begin, I want to go ahead and let you know that this is an audio transfer from YouTube. We did do the video using the Zoom technology. It's a little bit glitchy, so I hope you'll be patient with the recording. And before we get going, I want to share a little bit about our host, Anchor. you guys, I am Maria. If you have not stopped by the show before, I want to welcome you. I have an interview here with a, a fantastic therapist. She's in our area, Westlake Village, California. I am in Southern California right now. I did interview Lori Oberman last year. It was about social media addiction. I want to let you know right now that you can check the show notes on this video for the link to that particular video. You also will be able to find links to how to get in touch with Lori if you would like to reach out to her and have a conversation with her about any of the topics we're discussing here or anything that you might need help with. I also want to remind you that it is possible to stop by the podcast to Strong Body, Strong Soul. I also want to let you know that comments, we will be looking at the comments here on this particular video. This is about a half hour conversation. We are going to be talking about anxiety, stress, relationships. Hello, everybody. Hi, I am so excited that you are here. I have Lori Oberman here with me to have a conversation. I have interviewed Lori in the past. We talked about social media addiction. Now in this quarantine, in this pandemic time period, I thought it would be really cool, really helpful to have her on the show right now. Hi, Lori, to talk about what's going on. Hello. 
Hello, everyone. Cool is out. Computers, and this is where we live now. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's so interesting because last time we spoke, we were talking about minimizing screen time. And here yes. we are with the kids out of school. We're in a couple of weeks yes. to this new way of life right now. Very much so. New so way I'm of life thrilled for... to share the screen with you right now. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, why don't we start off with tell everybody who you are just in case they didn't see our last interview. Hello everyone, I hope this um, YouTube finds you well and your family okay. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in the state of California. So just my background, a little bit of who I am, I used to work in the school, so elementary, middle, as well as high school. So dealing with their families, whether it was anxiety, depression, different parenting issues that come up within that population. And then I was lucky enough to start my own private practice here in Westlake. So I have a private practice currently in Westlake Village, but I also um, am part of a nonprofit organization that does grief groups. So I've been running grief groups for some time, spousal loss, and now in general, our whole population is seeing grief, but on a whole different scale. There's this new phenomenon called anticipatory grief. Anticipatory grief is all the anxiety that we have about, well, what's to come? I know school is out and my children don't have consistency for a couple months, but what does the world look like after, you know, quote unquote, we're no longer on quarantine? Right. So it's a lot of the unknown and fear of the unknown. And I'm seeing a lot of symptoms increasing um, just with sleep issues. And I mean, I'm sure we'll get into that more, but that's just a little bit of who I am and what I do. Um, yeah. Lori, I, I want to get into a conversation from a parenting perspective, yeah. how we can help reduce stress on the parents out there. But since you mentioned grief, can we start with that for just a moment? Yes. There's so many people out there. I've been talking to a lot of people as well that are so filled with fear. I and I, I think just like you're saying, anticipatory, I think it's so important that people realize we see the numbers yeah. of the virus and we know people survive it regardless of their age. Yeah. But I think immune systems are affected by fear as well. Oh, and absolutely. The stress level on various levels from, you know, trying yeah. to be a stay-at-home teacher and an employee and a boss maybe and whatever other hats that you wear sister husband wife i mean so many hats that we are wearing currently but it's the feeling of the unknown and it's extremely overwhelming i think some of us are shocked possibly not i mean when you're dealing with grief in general the first is we're in denial this is not really happening i don't really have to wear a mask i don't really have to wear gloves if i go to the store i mean yeah. come on so i think that it was just people were in denial and people are in shock mode because i think as human beings it's hard to comprehend this i mean what we've never had anything of this sort in at least generations, in generations. Yeah. yeah so it's really hard to even comprehend and wrap our heads around the whole idea of it mm -hmm. and then it's a anger like oh my god how do we get how did we get to this point how come we're in this situation you know so it's just there's so many different things that can be affected and what i've seen in my practice i'm very fortunate enough to be still working my clients are very open-minded and have been able to do you know online therapy and, and luckily a confidential setting where there's HIPAA compliancy online so um but i've seen a lot of increased sleep issues not only with my own kids to be honest with you but my clients have been talking about, you know, just so anxious, can't 
get to sleep or they rise from their slumber and can't get back to sleep. Um, sleepwalking, at least for my daughter, she doesn't normally or hasn't ever sleepwalked. She's now having a lot of sleep disturbances. So this is what's very common when there's a huge disruption in anyone's life, in all our whole world's life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, we are going to be seeing symptoms that we've never seen before and we really don't know how to deal with at home. You know, it's interesting you talk about the sleep because I think a lot of people suffer prior to the pandemic with insomnia because of anxiety. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a symptom of depression is staying in bed and sleeping more. So you have both extremes. Mm -hmm. Um, What do you say to people in this situation? What is a good guideline of how to make sure, let's talk from a parenting standpoint, how do we make sure our teens are getting enough sleep. Let's let's focus on okay. the teen population because I have high schoolers. So yes. I'm going to be, you know, very self-centered. Well, I'll talk about a couple different age ranges. How okay. about that? Okay. So, you know, I don't know who is going to be watching this. Perfect. Adolescents, and then we'll move down the grid. Okay. Adolescents, I mean, clearly they're going to be on their screens. That's their only way to connect with their peers. And I think that's a really important thing that they have currently. That's their only way that they can communicate and stay connected, which is really important now more than ever because the social isolation, you don't want that clearly for anyone. But I will say, I mean, putting the you know screens down is so important if you can. An hour or two before, whether it's, you know, having them do their silent reading at that point if you have you know that control over them during adolescence I don't know everyone's parenting is very different um or you know playing a game if you don't mind a late night uno game or whatever just to calm the brain or there's really good apps out there headspace doing meditation you know having guided imagery I'm a big firm believer with all my clients in guided imagery you can check a lot of them out on YouTube Mm -hmm. Um, there's some really great free resources that are available that will really just put your mind and body at ease to make you feel like you're in a more comfortable setting before you try and even get to that slumber point. And I think whatever routine you had before Mm -hmm. in your sleep patterns, whether it was for a young person or adolescents, like washing their face, making sure their skincare is, you know, is up to date and all that, or, you know, reading a book for younger children and making sure that we put Teddy next to them with their pillow and talk about whatever your ritual was before, I would encourage you to keep those rituals up no matter how exhausted you are, because I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm sure you are too, yeah. taking care of little ones. Um, but it's really important to keep those rituals going at night. Right, right. And being, having all the energy of all of the family members in the house 24 seven is so just such a crazy thing. Yes. What how can we as parents kind of guard our own sanity too, depending on the age range? You know, I have friends who have two-year-old twins running around the house like crazy, you know, worried. And then I have older kids that I'm trying to figure out our boundaries because let's face it, as teens, they're kind of in heaven. They, you know, if they're in their room for 10 hours in a row on their device, they're, they're kind of okay with that. Yes. But I'm not. (laughs) I'm sure. Well, I think, you know, if you guys normally had, um, you know, dinner times as families, we personally didn't because my husband works and he does a lot of community living in the LA area. Mm -hmm. 
So we have been having these family dinners that we've never had before. Nice. So we're really, you know, trying to nourish what is exciting and different about this opportunity, but also being respectful of this situation. So I think if, you know, one meal at least together, whether it's breakfast, whether it's lunch, whether it's dinner, you know, I, everyone has different work issues that are going on. Yeah. But I mean, keeping that consistent and devices are away during those 20 to 30 minutes that you actually are at the table eating together. Um, and yeah, you want to say something? Unless you're yeah. on a Zoom call having a meal. <laughs> oh, okay. Good point. Good point. <laughs> it's so interesting. Yes. How last time we were talking about that, putting the devices away during meals, of course. Yeah. But my mom's by herself, a two oh. hour drive away. And um, we haven't had a meal like that together yet. Oh, I encourage that. I mean, yes. good point. I'm glad that you brought that up because we have done Zooms with our friends. Have you? Um, I mean, it's been really, really neat. I mean, it's, it's kind of funny because you're like, what are they doing? What are they eating? You know, <laughs> it's very interesting, right? But, um, but it's also really cool. Like, oh, what are you eating? What's that dish? Oh, we're having this. You know, what did you do this week? Uh -huh. So it's a really neat way to connect. Right. Um, I know a lot of people have been like having wine and cheese nights with their friends, which is all really wonderful. And I love the creativity that's coming from yeah. this. Yeah. Um, but I think when it's your nuclear family and you need consistency, Right. Having that one meal, whether it is breakfast, whether it is dinner, you know, whatever works for you, but at least setting that 20 minutes aside so you can connect and be like, how was it? I even did this with my kids. I think it was last weekend because we hadn't sat down as a family and talked about like, what does this mean to you? How is it not being at school? Uh -huh. And because I have younger kids, I had them draw it out. What does this pandemic mean to you? And it was just so, so amazing to see what my daughter drew. She's very artistic. Um, but just a sad little girl with her, you know, her eyes shut and crying. And it was just for an eight-year-old to express herself in that way. Yeah. I think using art therapy, even though you might not be art therapist out there, but asking them to draw what this means to you as a three-year-old, four-year-old, 14-year-old, it would be very interesting to see what comes out. And I would suggest the parents sit down and draw it too. You don't have to be an artist. You could mine was a bunch of lines because I was so angry about it. <laughs> That's where I was in my group, right? Um, yeah. It just scribbled everywhere because I was like, oh, I'm so frustrated by this. But so, um, so, so far, like your pointers would be keeping as good a schedule and yeah. staying in your routine as much as you can as far as helping with the sleep problems. Yes. And with the family time, putting our devices away, unless we're on a Zoom call with yes. a family yes. member. I was thinking about this whole idea of being anxious when, about time, about time in the house. And we're all trying to guard our time in different ways. The kids are doing their homework nonstop. My mom, if I send her a Zoom link to come onto a call with me, mm -hmm. if she doesn't know it's coming and she sees it three hours later, it's causing her anxiety. So I'd love to hear your perspective on, on how to guard our time individually from each other and respect, but also as it relates to relationships, to your marriage. Question. Yes. Let's talk question. about marriage a little bit because that is hard. You can't really schedule a date night right now or can well, you? Well, you can. I've come up with ideas. This is very okay. important. So, I, you know, I want to share this information because I think it is really important and it affects every married couple out there, right? Yeah. So um, my husband and I were actually talking about this last night and he's like, I'd really like a date night. How are we going to do that? I was like, okay, so I don't want to have to cook. You know, I'm, I'm comfortable 
with takeout. Um, I know everyone has their own comfort level with that. Um, but we have planned to put a movie at least two hours on for our children. And he, you know, he's going to go run out and get it. I'm going to get them all settled, you know, in the family room. Uh -huh. And then when they're watching their show, we're going to have a meal brought to us, you know, pretending that we're at a restaurant. And if it needs to be in a different room, you know, move further away and maybe make a little picnic area in one room away from the TV so you don't hear the movie that is playing for your kids. Yeah. But I think you can be very creative. Um, even I just recently had a birthday. Um, uh, you can be creative even with birthdays, even for little ones that have a, you know, a birthday party that was canceled, let's say. Uh -huh. um, you know, making a teddy bear scavenger hunt or having each person, um, you know, you do a drive-by and each person will hold up a sign that their friends have made for them. You know, you can coordinate that via email. But I think there's special things that you can do not only with your partner, but I think with your kids that are also having really momentous occasions during this really un uncertain time, mm. make it special because I think what they're going to remember most is what you did with this instead of how much anxiety you had over this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then about, I know you had a question about timing. I would say, you know, if you are that person that really needs to work out or if you really enjoy your book at night, tell that, have a family meeting about that saying, uh, I really need this half hour to read my book before I go to bed, or I really need an hour of working out, how can we manage it together? And so I know my husband and I take turns. I'm mostly midday after he's had some of his conference calls. Um, and then I'm like, okay, you got the kids, you know, uh -huh, while yeah. I do it, you know, in the daytime. So it's just about managing time and being creative is key at this point. And it's not going to be perfect. And it's going to be okay to remember that. Uh -huh. Just It will be okay. And, and communication. Like I'm yes. sure that's, the bottom line with most of your clients, I'm sure any kind of communicating what your real needs are and not. Yeah, and, and what's frustrating you like that you really can't get your workout in or that you really want to just read the ending of the book. Or if you really want that magazine that just came in the mail, like tell them because people yeah. are not mind readers. And if you're just really open and honest, and if it's an uncomfortable situation, then write a letter to your partner or to your husband or to your wife and go, you know what, this is hard for me. I can't talk about it, but this is how I'm really feeling. So, you know, we don't want to, yeah, we don't want an insurgence and divorce, you know, I mean, we want everyone to become stronger in this situation, but I understand that some things are very challenging to talk about. So write about it. Encourage your children to write about it if you need to. Write a letter to your children, even if you're having difficulties, like any concerns, and then say, please write back. Tell me your thoughts. Because sometimes if you're in tight quarters, maybe having that conversation might not be a good time at that point. Timing's everything, right, yeah. in life. And yeah. if you see that they've been on a really stressful lesson or on a stressful call at work, you don't know what just happened to them, but I know what is important to you is really urgent and you want to get it off your chest and that might make a, ooh, a big explosion happen. Yeah. Clearly, we want to prevent that and Writing it down so you know that you can have your feelings met is really important as well. Interesting. Thank you for that because yeah. you're absolutely right. I mean, obviously, we're all squished in the same house. And I can imagine for a lot of families out there, if they were having any problems in yes. their relationships or such before this all happened, yes. the problems don't just automatically go away. But yeah. it does give you a different sense of what your priorities are. Yes. 
and writing may be a good way to communicate. Yeah, just even how this, you know, how this pandemic was for you, keeping a, a journal, mm-hmm. you know, of your own thoughts, like, mm-hmm. you know, meet your shadow, you know, meet the qualities that you never had time to even meet. Right. So, it, you know, if you just change that perspective and you look through that lens differently, it can really be empowering. I know I'm saying this and it, even I get frustrated and I go, I'm at my wit's end because I'm real and I don't think everything is wonderful or rose colored glasses. But yeah. I do think that we are very empowered, but what we do have control over. Interesting. Thank you so much. You yeah. know, and I, I am going to encourage everybody at the end to contact you if they would like to get in touch. But I also want to encourage people to leave comments below on this video because Lori is so great. And I really, I loved our first interview that we did last year. And now that we're in this situation, if you don't mind, maybe in a week or two, we can come into another conversation like this. We can actually take a look at the comments and see what people would like to hear from you. Absolutely. I know a lot of people have reached out with young children on ideas, how to keep it sane for young children, because that's a whole nother level, like preschool to kindergarten age. I know that's been very challenging for young parents as well. What about school? What about the education system? Do you have any pointers for parents or families out there trying to help their kids with this long distance learning situation? Good question. Now, everyone is in a different situation because not everyone has accessibility or Wi-Fi can get cut off. I mean, there's so many different challenges. But I think also being very compassionate about the situation, that if you're frustrated because you don't understand the assignment, imagine how your son or daughter is feeling. Uh I mean, that's even compounded. So just really having compassion going, you know what, this does really suck. Trying just to align with them going, this is awful. And let me just email your teacher. Or do you want to email your teacher? Let's do it together. Mm-hmm. Write her a letter or him a letter. Mm-hmm. And just really joining and going, you know what? It's okay that you don't know. And giving them a little bit of space to go, you don't have to be perfect right now. Mm-hmm. There's no such thing as perfect anyways, but let's be realistic in the situation and kind of lower some of the expectations because I know some perfectionists out there, whoo they are thrown for a loop. (laughs) Perfectionists are just like, you know, it's just way too overwhelming to try and be perfect in a situation that they've never experienced before. Right. None of us have experienced this before. I want to jump ahead just for my own purposes too, is the high school kids, juniors and seniors, they're getting ready to apply to colleges. I know. So even if you're not a perfectionist type parent, Yes. You're thinking, what about the SATs? They've all been canceled. It's crazy. And And clearly, yeah, I'm sorry, go on. Yeah, it's just like, it's a lot of anxiety for parents thinking, worried about that situation. Yeah, and what I will say is clearly, yeah, everyone's in that situation. No one can take the SATs. So, I mean, I know that they're talking about like, But I need to hear it from you. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm glad you're asking because it's, it's... No, because everyone is in that same boat. If no one can take the SATs, there might not be SATs this year. I mean, it's just the reality of where we are in our world. And I think that parents especially take a deep breath and go, okay, if my kid isn't able to take the SAT, no one else is taking it either. That doesn't mean they're going to be left behind. That means that they're going to clearly change the system. Yeah, which yeah. probably needed to be changed anyways, but that's a whole nother Zoom <laughs> that yeah, yeah. To, yeah, that we don't need to address right now. But yeah. I mean, clearly 
it's going to have to be revamped there. You know, the admissions boards are going to have to be more flexible. And I would just say, take a deep breath. Because look at this from an outside perspective. I know you're concerned about your child and you're like, oh, what can I do? What can I do? Yeah. Take a deep breath and go, you know what? No one's going to be doing this. It's going to be different. Right. Um, let me, before I let you go, I so appreciate this conversation. Let me ask you just one thing about safety precautions mm -hmm. yes. in this situation that we're in right now. Mm -hmm. And I know you're not a doctor about yeah. what kind of mask to wear or anything like that. but the rule in our area now is that we should wear masks mm -hmm. when we're outside. Yes. Yesterday I went for a bike ride and I take my dog for a bike ride because he needs to run. Uh -huh. So I wore a mask and it was really uncomfortable and I was sweating because it's just yeah. awkward and everything. But yeah. as I was riding my bike, no one else was wearing masks. Mm -hmm. So I would love to get your insights on that how important it is not to compare ourselves to other people. Yes. And very, very good point. With that? Because even that, I don't want to judge other people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to go and tell on them, but yes. I also kind of feel a little foolish for wearing a mask. Yes. There's it's so new. inner battle of what to do. Yes. Cause it's such a new idea. It's a new concept. Yes. I mean, in other countries, people, you know, in the, other countries, they do wear masks and it's pretty familiar to them but because they're used to it. We are not used to this way of living. And remember, it's a lifestyle change. Any lifestyle change that anyone has ever had to go through, whether it's weight loss, weight gain, you know, whatever your goal was, it's horrible. <laughs> change is so hard to do. Yeah. And I think that when you're talking about face masks, I think everyone has to make their individual decision. I think you have to look at your own health risks. Mm -hmm. Do you have a pre-existing a pre condition like asthma or you know, diabetes or, you know, all those, you know, the list of things you have to take care of yourself first and foremost, and then your family, you know, always like when you're on a flight, you know, put your mask first and then your children right. take care of yourself and then your children, because you have to do what's comfortable for you. Right. And you can clearly judge a lot because there's a lot of judging going along and a lot of people have a lot of opinions, but you know what? Opinions don't really help. I think you have to make your own choices right. that are best for you and your family. Right. Um, and and I will say it's, it's so interesting because the masks, we're wearing the mask not to protect ourselves from getting the virus. Mm -hmm. It's so that we don't give it to other people because yes. we may have it and not realize it. That's the whole problem. Yes. Is the asymptomatic. We don't know. Yeah. So it's very interesting because I'm thinking if I have the mask on, automatically people who see someone with a mask are going to assume that that person is sick. And that's a good thing because then they'll stay away from it. <laughs> so it's almost like shifting our perception of what the mask means too. It, it really, it really is a difference in perception. You're right. And yeah. I think that you have to do what's comfortable. You know, you saw it next door and all these things. It's like, oh, I'm doing my best, you know, to wear my gloves and wear my um, mask. And why do I see people walking by my house? And, you know, the rhetoric online, it's amazing. Like, then you need to move six feet away. Then, you know, like, don't tell other people what to do. I mean, people have away. a lot of opinions. People have a lot of opinions. Yes, yes, and, yes. You know, and people are very heated because, granted, it, this is close quarters. We all have cabin fever. We are all experiencing a lot. Right. and we're all going to react differently yeah. and you know some have better coping skills than others mm -hmm. so if you've ever wanted to work a, 
coping skills, you know, look them up online, start watercolors. If you've ever wanted to start painting, start drawing, start yoga practice, whatever you wanted, gardening, whatever you wanted to do, you have this free time. Right. I suggest you be as creative as you can to get through it because you know what, you can truly be concerned about all of people's opinions, but you have to do what you're comfortable with. That's first and foremost. Right. Well, Lori, thank you so very much. Let's just talk. I'd love to hear where people can find you and tell us a little bit about the rules about therapy that are going on right now. How confident can people be that it is private when they are working on a screen like this with a therapist? How does that work? question. So I, um, you know, I've never been faced with, you have to do every session online. So I took a quick CEU class, continuing education class online for myself, because I know I wanted to continue with my clients. My clients wanted to continue with me. So um, luckily I found some stuff online and I got a certificate and I know everything that we need to do. And um, there's HIPAA compliant websites out there. I'm using them specifically and they're there's encryption, so there's passwords involved, and it's been really great. I've been able to set up a waiting room, and so they wait in the waiting room, and I have to admit whoever comes into the session. So I've, I personally have not had a problem with any breach in confidentiality as far as I'm concerned. I know that has been an issue for some right now in the news, um, but I think there's definitely things that you can do to prevent any of that, because Which with anything, there's going to be... What? Which platform are you using? Which platform are you There's, using? I use DoxyMe, okay. um, which is a HIPAA compliant, and I also use Zoom. Um, I know Zoom has had a lot of, you know, different PR right now, but I use a waiting room. I use passwords for all my links. So I, I have not had an issue thus far. And I, I mean, I, as I said, I run bereavement groups. So I have like 12 people that have been in one room. I haven't had an individual that has come in uninvited. You know, I mean, so I have a lot of people in these rooms that are Zooming together and I've uh-huh. been fortunate enough to not have an issue. Very so. good, very good. Yes. Um, now, let me ask you this, just out of curiosity, when you do a Zoom call, mm-hmm. when you're in a real therapy session with somebody mm-hmm. in your office, they go home, they do their homework and they see you the next week or what have mm-hmm. you, but on Zoom, you're able to record it. Do patients? request are you able to record it so that they can hear the session again later that's a good question i don't allow them to record okay i mean i don't i that's a breach of confidentiality because if it goes into the wrong hands okay that's not safe nor do i record i'm not allowed to that's interesting okay yeah good good question but no because it's all about confidentiality and i even i mean i've had sessions with people in their bathroom i've had sessions with their people in their closet because i'm like okay before we begin can people hear you? I want to make sure that they feel uh-huh. confident that it's confidentiality. You know, if you're really going to talk and be open and honest, where's the space? So I've had bath, you know, like bathrooms and showers behind people and their whole, uh-huh. you know, everything's hanging up and they're, and I'm like, that's great. Cause they feel safe and they can finally get out all of what they need to get out. Hi, and I don't, you know, I mean, there's no judgment here. Like, Hey, we're all in this pandemic together. We all know we're stuck at home. So. Right. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because I was watching um, Glennon Doyle. I don't know if you know her. She's an author, but she was talking about nobody's okay right now. No. And if they say they're okay, they're lying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, this is crazy yeah. making. No one has ever had to go through this. Yeah. And it is, um, it's extremely overwhelming. 
but I always try and practice this with my clients, how to create meaning in a very meaningless situation. This is, why do we have to go through all this? And whether it's our earth trying to help itself, whether the cars are no longer on the roads and it can breathe and heal for a little bit. You know, I, we don't know why this is happening. And I always feel like if you learn from something that was very disturbing to you, then hopefully you can grow and become stronger from this. And hopefully as a community, as a society, we can be stronger mm-hmm. from this really incredible thing that we're all going through right now. Please, you know, make the comments, visit, you know, my website is laurieoberman.com. It's L-O-R-I-O-B-E-R-M-A-N, Lori Oberman, my full name, um, .com. So check out my website. I'm happy to help anyone. I know it's, there's a lot going on for everyone. So please reach out to the people that um, can truly help you. Thank you so much. Thank you for spending some time here at the show. I want to remind you to find Lori Oberman or any therapist, of course, in your area. I love it that Lori was explaining you still can get therapy services for yourself, your teens, your parents, whoever needs some support right now. It's there for the asking. I also want to remind you, if you are a regular podcast listener, you've heard me say this in the past, I would love it if you gave this show reviews and five-star ratings on the Apple Podcast platform. Yes, this particular episode was a tiny bit glitchy. The Zoom technology (laughs) is a little tricky. But I'm really excited that I was able to share this interview onto the YouTube channel as well. So please go ahead and do go over there and subscribe. It is a little easier, of course, to make comments and ask questions in the comments over there rather than here on the podcast. If you are an Anchor user, you are welcome, of course, to message into the show here. I am happy to talk to Lori about any of the questions you may have. She is going to be checking the YouTube channel and responding to any questions you might have as well. And of course, you can contact her. And I want to remind you to take care of yourself and wear that mask. Wear that mask. Not just for yourself, but for the people that you come into contact with. I also want to remind you to make yourself proud of your actions now. Think about your future self looking back how are you handling this crisis right now just like Lori and I were saying no one is really okay right now but we're all doing the best we can I also want to let you know by the way that the music that you've been hearing a little bit of is by Marquesa from the Sacred Elements album I am going to play the entire song for you right now it's three minutes long I am not going to be back after this song plays out. So don't worry if you need to run. You won't be missing any more of the show here. 
But like Lori was saying, meditation, relaxation, mindfulness, perhaps this song right here will help you find some peace in your day or right before you're going to sleep at night. Thank you so much for stopping by. I am Maria, just in case you forgot. This is the Strong Body, Strong Soul Show, and I hope you keep coming back. Thank you so very much for subscribing and sharing with friends. I love you. Bye-bye.